Welcome to another episode of the Loving Life After Loss podcast. I am your host, Marie Alessi. There we go. We are live and I'm so stoked to have you because last week we had some technical difficulties. You couldn't join, the audio wasn't working and I'm so happy to have you here. So let me introduce you the beautiful Juan Pablo, who is here on Facebook known as James Hendricks. Let's start with that. What's the story with that name? Because I love Juan Pablo. That's such a cool name for us here anyway. Welcome. Yeah, I imagine it's exotic. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much. So first of all, I'm very happy to be here. So I'm very honored by your invitation. Um, So about my name. It is indeed Juan Pablo Beltran. It's actually Juan Pablo Beltran Mainero. It's my name. And I do, I love my name, mm-hmm. but uh, it just happened to be that um, online, I am known, I'm a, I'm a writer and I have an online marketing agency. And just there, I'm known as James Hendricks for some cosmic reasons. And it's just stuck ever since. So yeah. it's like online for work, I'm James Hendricks in real life, I am Juan Pablo. (laughs) So yeah, James is fine. Thank you so much. So last week, um, you know, when we couldn't go live together, we uh, brought Romano's interview forward, which I had luckily pre-recorded due to time differences. And in that video, for those of you who watched it, I actually mentioned the, the course that I did with the lovely Catherine Ord. And it was based on astrology and I had no background in it whatsoever. But in that very course, this is where I met you, James. And I just, you know, I said that to you previously and I'm more than happy to repeat that in front of everyone here. You were such a calming influence for me in that course because I was going through quite a turbulent time at that time when I was going through the course. And every time you were present, you just had such a beautiful calming presence. And that's how we actually connected. I just said that to you and I'm like I'm so grateful that you're here because it's just so beautiful to have you in that course and yeah that's that's how our whole connection started and uh, we had quite a few catch-ups behind um, yeah behind the scenes and I just love who you are what you do you're such a beautiful soul I feel so blessed that we connected and um, there is a very particular reason why I ask you to come into this group and I really like the idea of bringing different cultural backgrounds into this group, how different cultures actually celebrate a death and celebrate the life of that person that has passed. And this is something that we'll discuss in a lot more detail today. So uh, where would you like to get started with that? Because this is your culture and I'd really love to introduce that to our group here. Well, thank you for all that praise. I don't know if I deserve all of that or any of it, but I'm very grateful. <laughs> and I can only echo that back to you with much love and respect as well. Thank you. So um, aside from all these flowers that we're throwing at each other, <laughs> yeah, let, let's dive in to, I guess we, I can do a bit of a, an introduction on, on some of the differences that hail from my culture, which is Mexico, yes. Mexican culture which is itself uh, an incredible blend between the indigenous, thousands of year old indigenous cultures, as well as the more modern Catholic Spanish culture is a blend of the two. Mm -hmm. And then of course, there's my Juan Pablo's view on on all of it. So perhaps we can go 
back we can take a trip back in time uh to their origins yeah of, of where this where they started yeah um now of course who knows who, who knows where how how it was going on thousands of years ago but some historians say that it's even three or even four thousand years old the tradition of the day of the dead so mm -hmm. a lot of people have heard about the day of the dead which is similar time as in halloween but certainly not the same thing mm -hmm. um so I mean, they both are about about spirits, and and there's a connection to death, and 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 both actually are about fun mm -hmm. now, but but I, I will explain a bit more some of the differences. So ages ago, because like I've certainly heard of the Day of the Death, and a lot of people here would have. Yet I really don't know much about it apart from that it's colorful and that you do celebrate the death, which I really loved. And, uh, you know, we had the beautiful Dr. Nicole Brewer here before to talk about her samurai grandmother and how they celebrate uh, the death and the, the person's passing and also the life of the person. And I really loved the idea. And when I talk to you, James, I'm like, I need to bring you to this group because not, uh, not only do I love your energy and your beautiful soul, but your whole cultural background, I thought you have so much to give here. So yes, please do take us back a little bit on that history path, because that is really something that I'd like to hear more about. Sure. Mm -hmm. um, sounds good. So okay, I'll, tr I'll try to keep it uh, sweet, short and sweet. <laughs> Basically, it was um, it was not seen when a person died a thousand years ago in the Aztec, Toltec, and more ancient cultures in the Mexico area. It was not seen as a time of grief. Mm -hmm. It was not seen as a time of sadness. It was seen as a time of celebration. Mm -hmm. Not celebration that the person has died, like, ha, 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 you're dead, but more as yeah. in it is wonderful that this person has gone beyond the threshold of life to death and continuing this journey because yeah. they had a very like so many pre-christian islamic judaist uh, i guess mythological or yeah religious views of life and death they saw it as a cyclical cyclical pathway that we all go into when we're alive we die but then we're also alive we're dead and we go into uh, a greater unity so how this how this panned out for the Aztecs and similar indigenous races mm. was that it was a month-long celebration mm. praising a goddess who is called Mictecasiahuatl, mm -hmm. who is the La Santa Muerte or the Holy Dead. Mm -hmm. She was a beautiful lady who was sacrificed as a, as a baby, but then she woke up in Mistlan, which is this land of the dead. And she married the, the king of the dead, basically. And together they would rule the land of the dead, but also they would take care of the land of living by, by picking up the bones of the dead and they would um, bring good vibes, basically. Yeah. Um, so to, to praise this couple and especially the goddess of death, and I love that it was a goddess that was the principal one and not necessarily the, the god. Mm -hmm. So to praise this goddess, uh, they would do this month-long celebration which happened in the fall usually mm -hmm. and in autumn, which I guess would be, well, like, uh, anyway, it's, it's not, the, it, it's in the Northern hemisphere, the fall. Yeah. And yeah, it, it was a time of celebrating the life of the person, not being sad. In fact, there was a lot of 
a lot of dancing, a lot of rituals, uh, bonfires, and then so, some of the more common elements of this Day of the Dead, which have kept to this day, are the altars, mm -hmm. which were not to, to go and, and pray, but it was more just to welcome back the, the living, because during this time, during this month-long celebration, which then became the Day of the Dead in, in the 1st and 2nd of November, mm -hmm. when it was sort of blended with the Catholic views. Yeah, yeah exactly. Uh, it was yeah 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 so it, it, it was it, it's a huge blend and and there's also elements of of european paganism that blended with the catholic views and then that got blended with the with the indigenous views and that's become yeah the day of the dead world where now you you see these skulls and you see these catrinas which is the this this view of everyone is a skeleton you can dress up real fancy Okay. But but we're all you know we're all gonna die. But it's not a bad thing. It makes mm -hmm. us realize that that life is short and we can enjoy it. So so this is really trying to summarize um, these elements of of it. So feel free to ask anything about it. But that's mm -hmm. that's a summary. I I really love the idea of celebrating that, and I also always want to put this disclaimer in here. You know, I really understand and absolutely respect that everybody watching this has got different views and a different kind of faith and I really honor that yet I love the idea of bringing different views into this group and also what I love about it the most is imagine a world a life without that pain of grief where it's not even part of your thinking it's not even part of um, you know, it wouldn't even cross your mind. That is part of your culture that when somebody uh, comes to the time that it's his time to leave this planet, that his whole family and his friends come together and celebrate. I just absolutely love this idea because, you know, when, when Rob passed, that's what we did. We came together and celebrated. And I'll never forget that. The wake that we had for him was a celebration of his life. I walked around, I had so many happy chats with his friends and family and everybody shared beautiful memories about him and there was laughter, there was lightness and I didn't expect that because in our world, you know, in, in um, his parents have got quite a strong Catholic background, you know, being Mauritian and Italian and I, I totally respect that. I was brought up Catholic, so that was my original background as well. Um, grief and pain is a huge part of losing someone and that's the wording already you know it's the losing someone and not somebody passes over and I really prefer that term somebody passes over because that's how I see it and um, to grow up in a culture like that must have been absolutely amazing and um, I know James that you personally were fortunate enough to not have lost a life partner or anything per se um, but I know that you have lost a very close friend of yours and uh, would you mind sharing how you actually dealt with that? What, what happened for you when you got those news? Because um, I'm not really sure, like, do you feel sadness about that or do you just instantly celebrate? I'd really love to hear your personal background about that. Sure. Um, okay, so what happened was that I got a, I got a phone call in my early 20s I remember it very well I was in my living room I was just minding my own business I think I was at university and this phone call was from my 
my high school best friend's brother mm. who was calling me to let me know that that my my friend my high school best friend was had an accident a car accident he passed away in that car accident mm. his girlfriend was in a car she survived fortunately mm. uh, but he didn't and yeah it was very shocking mm. I, I hadn't had anything like that um, happened before I was 22 and yeah I didn't know exactly how to deal with it straight away I just you know let the emotions wash over me I hadn't been that much in contact with him since uh, maybe once a month or so mm. um, since being together every day in high school so it wasn't an immediate um, I just didn't know exactly how to deal with it but I did after a day or two uh, realized that I needed to do two things. One of them was to go to Mexico uh, to the event in which they would. Um, it's usually in Mexico nowadays. It's with the ashes, so you put them in a nicho, and then usually they're stored in a in a church or a church basement. Um, so yeah, the idea was to go to the event. I met with the family after the event, and we were there. We talked stories about Rodrigo, his name. And actually, we had a fairly good time. It was all centered about around Rodrigo, but Rodrigo was a very, very funny guy. He was one of those that was loved by everyone. So smart, so funny, um, with such a potential. And then this just happens. And, and one thinks, okay, well, what's, what's the point? What's the meaning? Why, why does this happen to good people? And yeah, we, we talked about, just the things that made us happy about him mm -hmm. and and when I left of course I was sad but but I I guess I I already had some of the beliefs that I carry nowadays which were that that was just his time and there was nothing that we could have done to change that mm -hmm. so I guess yeah through the days the weeks the years I, I've always looked back and and thought that was an amazing person. I was so honored to to be so close for for quite a few years, and yeah, and and, and then I I don't think what if or if only yeah. something would have been different. I just I'm grateful for our time together, and I, whenever I meet people nowadays who remind me of him or who or in their own way they're they're special um, or very special like you are, Marie. I just, I mean, I mean, I mean, awe and in gratefulness because I know how limited time can be in, uh, on yeah. Earth, and at any moment it can go. So this type of experiences have actually led me to be even more celebratory of of life. So I feel like I've become a happier person by acknowledging the swiftness of life itself. I couldn't agree more with you, James, and. I really want to thank you for sharing that because it just made me realize um, that's exactly what happened when Rob passed. You know, my decision was made there and then that um, I have to and want to create the happiest life possible for the three of us. And I did not really think about it in such a conscious way until you just said that, that my life actually became... Um, a lot more conscious and happier. And uh, I want to make that very clear. It wasn't that 
I was not happy with Rob. I was very happy with him. We had a really beautiful relationship and, and everybody who knows us can see that it was so apparent. Yet it is such a different level of consciousness that I've gotten to after Rob passed because you go into this uh, state of, um, you just don't know how long you've got. And yes, sometimes I have to admit there was a little bit of a fear-based thinking around that as well. In particular, in the very early days, I remember that uh, my biggest fear was that something would happen to the boys after Rob passed. I re it was a very um, heavy, very unnatural, very uh, debilitating fear that I had that I really needed to work on. And I can't even give you the exact time, how long it took. Yet I remember that one day I realized that it had gone. It wasn't there anymore. And uh, I talked to a lot of parents that say, oh, it's just normal that you have a certain fear that something could happen to your kids. But I knew uh, very well that my fear was not normal. It was very intense and really debilitating, like nightmares and, and anxiety and like really, really worried about that. And that was in the very first few weeks. And um, I believe somewhere along the lines, I made a decision that I didn't want to live like that. As in, I want to change that. I really want to live life to the fullest and happiest. And uh, yes, I've got my human moments like everybody else. I'm not superhuman and I'm not always walking around on flowers and spreading love hearts like confetti everywhere. It's, um, you know, I'm human and... Um, I just love that it has shifted my mind to appreciating things um, on a very different level. And I really love that. Would you like to share with us a little bit about your beliefs and your background? Because I really like how mm. spiritual you are and what your beliefs are. I'd really love for you to share that a little bit, what your background and your thoughts around that are, if you don't mind. Sure. And I just wanted to say thank you for yeah, opening your heart. I've seen other, other interviews that you've done and, and talks, and of course we've chatted quite a bit, and, and it's, it's very humbling how vulnerable you, you put yourself so you can express these things to help others. Thank you. I think that's wonderful. Mm -hmm. um, in terms of my, my yeah, background and, and current beliefs, uh, well, you, you can see my shirt, like a, like a Ganesh, <laughs> like a Hindu god, and my background, like, Mm -hmm. very Bali um we I've been in Bali for, for so a bit of time Bali at the moment which is so amazing <laughs> I am grateful to be in Bali yes I was actually supposed to be uh in Australia most of uh much of last year and I was yeah. planning on being there this year too haven't of course mm -hmm. um but I'm, I'm fortunate to be here in, in Bali I've got another five yeah. weeks here yeah another five um, weeks yeah, another five weeks, and then I'll go back to the the back to Mexico, stopping okay. through the U.S. for okay. a few weeks. Yeah, I didn't know that. Where well, there you go? Mm. Mm. Yeah. Um, so, in in the past few years, I've become more and more and more. I want to say convinced, but let's just say it's felt right this belief that, that I have with me that much like the ancient beliefs of the of the Aztecs and indeed most pagan or ancient societies of the world that life death and the, the cycle at a cosmic level is 
well, indeed, it's, it's cyclical, and therefore it's 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 a it's a sort of a loop, an evolving continuous loop, mm -hmm. and yeah, it's I guess it's sort of a mix between Hinduism and and Buddhism and animism, which animism is where there's sort of everything is alive, or at least there's a life force um, in our surroundings, not necessarily mm -hmm. just like creatures, plants, and so in my esoteric point of view i do feel like there's an aliveness to everything yeah uh, I'm, I'm one of those that it's, it's, it kind of looks like quite silly but if i bump onto onto a wall i'll be like oh sorry that's more maybe <laughs> that's, that's actually i don't know why i do that um it's probably just a force of habit but but there's a part of me then that that certainly believes that what brings consciousness in humans and an a level of consciousness to other creatures mm. Um, it actually exists uh, perhaps in a much smaller way, um, but still there in everything that surrounds us. Mm -hmm. and, and it's just our big human brains that allows us to, to really leverage that consciousness. Yeah. So if you really want to get into it, I think that we are all part of this greater, greater unity, this greater collective consciousness. Um, this is something that really, that really uh, helps me in terms of, picturing me and you and everyone else and how we all fit in this great picture as just one, as all being one, we're just in different bodies, different human bodies, of course. Um, but I think my consciousness is your consciousness. We just have our own perspectives. So again, this might get a bit esoteric and, and, and a bit abstract, but, uh, but, but it's, it's definitely made me i feel a better person because when i go to the street and i see someone you know homeless person or i think of of the richest person or anyone i don't see them as above or below yeah. it's all the same the same as me and and i go a bit deeper into that i actually see a dog or a butterfly and i see them the same just in a you know, smaller colorful way mm -hmm. and and so I, I feel humbled to be sharing this this universe or this 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 planet with with all of these creatures now people that know me know that i'm like obsessed with animals so maybe that that's also shaped quite a bit my views and on all of it connection started as well we talk a lot about your dog and my dog <laughs> <laughs> we do we do do that well they're they're very cute um yeah so i guess that, that's that's more the current uh, way and and it's got a huge element of, of buddhism for sure in it and often of, of non-attachment that's another one that goes into not just life and death and not having and which doesn't a misconception is often that yes attachment can can lead to suffering mm. but it doesn't mean that we shouldn't have connections really deep super strong connections mm. it's just that once once it's ended it's letting it's letting go of it not saying oh i never cared about it in the first place or or i will stop caring it's just being grateful that that existed Mm -hmm. whether it was a good one or a bad one if it's a bad one it's a lesson we can always learn from them yeah. so then just moving on forwards with our lives uh mm -hmm. being able to form new connections in the end that's my view that that's what we're here for to create connections when we're when we're worried about or anxious about or attached to to previous ones mm -hmm. um it's very natural, of course, because you know we th we might be nostalgic or we think of better times. Um, it's so natural 
but it may also get in the way of us forming new bonds with other people or even with ourselves. Yeah, I really like that view. And I'd love to ask you something about that actually, because I uh, previously talked to uh, one of my mentors about that as well. And, and, uh, mentor friends I should call her Tanya um, she's been in one of my previous interviews here and um, I'm going through this um, this course called body EQ with her which has brought up so many layers for me that needed to be healed and needed to be seen and I always talk about that in my courses about you know see it acknowledge it heal it that's like always the same circle you know you need to see something you need to acknowledge it and then you can heal it and for me, that was also like that idea of attachment and how you deal with it. And she talked about this book that she recommended to me called Spiritual Divorce. And I only just started reading into it because I, I did order it. And um, the very first page like really got me. I thought this is really an interesting concept that um, once we form a connection with somebody, it just never stops. It's like, even if we get officially divorced, spiritually we're not we're still connected and we always will have that connection and I thought that's a very interesting interesting point of view because that's what we feel you know uh, all of us uh, have probably got um, that one ex-boyfriend ex-girlfriend ex-partner ex-whatever um, that we still really feel connected to that still every now and then when we see or hear something about him or her it's that you know it deflates us quickly and we have to work through these layers and and we're like oh my god here it here comes again and and it's really interesting when you think about that in terms of from a healing point of view because you know in this group here the biggest thing that we heal is that uh physical detachments from our loved ones that have passed before us and that is uh the biggest pain point for most people here in the group and because not everybody and most people in this group actually don't have that belief that it's something to celebrate unfortunately because I think it would be really beautiful if we could all see that way yet we all have different cultural backgrounds so uh, yes. most people feel that physical and emotional pain I remember when Rob passed uh, for the first time in my life realizing that I did feel grief on a physical level it was a physical pain that I felt like somebody had emptied some acid in my stomach that's how it felt and it was excruciating it was really painful and to work through that to then think of it as a spiritual divorce as in really disconnecting uh, but on a healthy level so we don't feel that attachment anymore as a negative thing if that makes sense I'd love to hear your thoughts on that how do you see that hey this is just a quick break if you're enjoying this podcast think of one person that you'd love to share this with thank you That's such a good question because yeah. indeed this is is different for everyone because we're all affected yeah. in our own ways from our backgrounds and and our personalities too um so this, of course, comes from my limited experience. Um, but the way that I see it, I, I guess I use an analogy with when it's not necessarily just someone that has stopped living, but someone that just has stopped living with us. Yeah. So they're still alive when a relationship ends. And a relationship that can be 
you know, a month long and it was very intense or 20 years long and we, and there's a divorce, like you mentioned. It's, it, it is grief that a person goes through. It is a part of you that, that, is, that goes missing. Mm. Um, and so this process, I've had this with um, previous relationship and, and it is this, this sort of breakup and it's utterly excruciating. Like you said, it's physical pain. Um, it's, it's such deep emotional pain that it's, I imagine it worse than any physical pain that I had felt before. And, and this went on for, for quite a while and I learned quite a bit from it after all the pain and the hurt. Um, and I realized that I was so, that I, initially we have to, no matter how much we avoid it, we must let it in, we must let it wash over us, no matter how painful it is. Because if not, then it's always gonna be there lingering. And that, that period can take, who knows how long, can take a day, can take years. Right, but we must let it wash over us, yeah. and and then afterwards, um, it's the acceptance of of what has been, and mm. yeah, I guess in my in my view, <coughs> it's uh, which again, of course, I haven't had the experience of a partner passing away, yeah. so this just comes from from intense breakups or from other family members that are, that have passed away or friends, but it is, yeah, it it is. Again, once again, a, a celebration of the time that's happened. And, and I will use one more analogy, which is not just with the relationships, but now we can go, went into spirituality and esoteric, um, esoteric ways. Now we can go into something a bit more scientific. So for about 100 years um, within, a lot of people think that the quantum world, quantum mechanics is like this modern science, but it's actually you know, a century old. It's just been evolving through time. And, and it, it has been known for quite some time, for many decades, that when two particles have been uh, have interacted with each other, mm -hmm. they remain connected, even if they're on opposite sides of the universe. There is this um, concept called entanglement, mm -hmm. quantum entanglement. And so, I believe this happens to. I mean, there's more specificity to this, a bit simplistic, but. Basically, yes, they can be on the other side of the planet, the other side of the galaxy, the universe, and they still, what happens to one affects mm -hmm. the others in their spin. And so having this connection between them, I think it's exactly the same thing that happens with mm -hmm. two humans or, or two creatures that have bonded in some way or even just connected in some way, no matter how it ends later on, there's still that connection. Yeah. This, even though it, it, it seems to imply that there is an attachment there, um, you know, maybe it's getting into semantics, but, but I would say it's no, it's, it's a connection and it is just the mind and the emotions that, that we should, you know, that, that, that we should allow to move onwards because the connection will always be there. Connection to, to people that we shared a life with who have passed mm -hmm. away or people who shared a life with who yeah. are not in our lives anymore. So that again fills me with a, a nice feeling um, of having that connection, but not having to spend all this time and energy, emotion, mm -hmm. focusing on it. Yeah, mm. I agree with that. I, for me, it's it's that um, moment when you when you are so aware of that connection, and uh, you know, in, in terms of a breakup, it can come up as really painful, yet. Um, when you get to that point, like where you process and heal so much of it that you can actually 
um, be grateful for that beautiful connection. And when you feel that, when it becomes a beautiful feeling of connection rather than a painful reminder of the disconnection, if that makes sense. And that is probably the highest stage to aim for when you and and that to me brings back that whole philosophy of uh, Baron Katie loving what is and that is my absolute go-to for everything this is my absolute highest state of living that I'd love to be in all the time and I'm definitely not I'm a work in progress you know but this is my this is my go-to level loving what is getting to that level where you can just feel love and gratitude in your heart for what you have experienced and the gifts that you had with this person in your life. And I'm literally saying that with no disrespect to those people who have lost somebody to death, but I'm saying that to everyone, whether that person has passed or whether that was a breakup, that it is just so beautiful when you can get to that level of being grateful and having your heart full of gratitude and love and beautiful memories of the time that you had together um, yeah. even though it's not here anymore rather than constantly being sitting in that pain and it's something that I strongly believe we can decide to get to it's a decision we need to make because in this group here um, I hear that quite a bit and in other grief support groups like I always say I hear it a lot that you know with time it will get better and I couldn't disagree more it's not time that makes it better it's you who makes it better it's a decision you make mm. it's the focus where you put your focus on and whether you put your focus on the passing or the life that you had together you know you can choose it every single day if you yeah. think of that you know if you have happy thoughts or if you constantly stare at that closed store because for me it's always like when you just sit in the pain and in the suffering and only allow that in your life and you literally block out happiness I can't possibly be happy anymore a lot of people actually make the decision my life is not ever going to be the same well of course not how can it be the same but it doesn't have to be something negative mm. because people always say that it's like oh my life will never be the same and they say it in a resignating way I'm like well of course it won't be the same that, that's a huge divider it's a you know it's like you change tracks yes your life is not the same anymore that doesn't mean that it has to be over or negative or a constant pain it's no. you who chooses um what you do with your life and that is my strongest belief you know i i put all my efforts into focusing on love and happiness and i saw so much love around me and people were always like doesn't it hurt you when you see couples walking hand in hand i'm like no it gives me hope like that's like every couple i see in love give me hope for our society because we need yeah. so much more of that so yeah and wow because you put it out there yeah. yeah i gotta say that's pretty amazing I, i've actually never never heard it phrased that way um the you know the juxtaposition of you know time will, will make it better mm. versus it's on the person you know yeah. I, th I think what tends to happen a lot with losing a job losing a relationship losing a, a loved one's life mm. is a sense of powerlessness mm. like yeah, i couldn't do anything to avoid it or what could i have done to avoid it and it's just it, it will go on and on and on and it'll be endless mm. um, however you can change the past you can change what happened but you can change 
what goes on afterwards. Yeah. So I really love that that empower, empowerment that that you give when when you phrase it that way. That it's not time itself that will do it. It's mm-hmm. it's the person who chooses to do it. Yeah. And and there need not be any guilt in choosing to be happy. I mean, I would be very surprised if uh, if a deceased person would prefer that their that their widow their, uh, would prefer to be sad as opposed to happy yeah. right so yeah I, I really agree with that i'm gonna remember that <laughs> well i would say gonna remember the, that phrasing. the power lies in how we respond to adversity and people feel so powerless because they couldn't do anything about it and i'm like well we are not God or whatever or whoever you believe in. Again, you know, everybody's got a different faith and a different background in that. But whatever you believe in, who makes a decision over us living or dying, we can't decide that. We can't decide how long we've got on this planet, but we can decide how we respond to things. And I think that a lot of people need to hear that as a reminder because they just tap into this or sink into this feeling of, powerlessness where we have the power to decide every single day what we do and how we respond to it and I do understand and really honor and respect that it does take time for you to allow that Mm. it needs time to process it but time is not the deciding factor for your healing it's what you do with that time that's really, really important. That's such an important difference. So I understand why people say yeah. time will make it easier, but I don't agree with it. It's really what you do with that time, what you focus it, and how you yeah. allow yourself to process. Because not many people do that. Often people do get stuck in the guilt factor and yeah. in the questioning, what if, or could I have done something differently? Well, does it change anything about the now? Right. Yes. It changes that you are sitting in a miserable and horrible and suffering spot but it will never change the fact that this person has died so both options are completely negative so why choose it and i'm saying Mm. that in an absolute respectful way i don't mean that in a disrespectful way for those people who are stuck in that but i'm saying it as an invitation that there is help out there and there are different ways to cope with it and process that so i need you to yeah yeah no that's that's true that's true and actually as you're as you're saying this i I have some direct experience with someone who did put themselves through so much pain and suffering Mm -hmm. for decades the day that they died so that that was my my maternal grandmother beautiful lovely well she was my tita she she was just very loved um however her joy, her passion for life. She was actually a, a dancer. She stopped being a, a professional dancer when she married my, my grandpa. Mm-hmm. Uh, and of course, to focus on raising her six children, as was the tradition at the time. Yeah. She, um, she, she was, you know, she was remembered as a, as a joyful, happy person. And then when my grandfather passed away, uh, I, I was a kid, I was maybe about six years old. Mm-hmm. But I remember that, in fact, pretty much all my memories of my grandma were uh, of a sweet, 
sad lady. And 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 that's and I mean that with a lot of respect because she was wonderful and, and I heard so many amazing stories, but she was pretty much dressed every single day in black. And she was constantly you could see that there was the the mourning process that was lasting not just for for a few years but again for decades right and 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 i and i and i didn't understand it because i was just a kid and when she passed away in my late 20s and i yeah i i guess i i guess part of me thought yeah if if only if only that those if only's right but this one was like if only she hadn't put so much of her of her time being sad and and yes perhaps uh, miserable indeed just thinking how much she missed mm. she missed her her partner um yeah. so and, and that actually you know i think that's a common occurrence with with a lot of people and and i mean that it's 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 currently happening with my my only other living grandparent, my mm -hmm. paternal grandmother, who her uh, her husband, my my granddad, also passed away a few years ago, and then her favorite son, my uncle, who was just <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's no favorite sons, but that was a favorite son. She loves all of them dearly, but that was he was just a a, a glowing ball of of goodness. He was just always smiling, happy, helping. Um, and of course, he last year, COVID times, uh, he died not from virus, but from the depression of being constricted in, in his space because mm -hmm. he loved being outside, he loved being social. Yeah. I think there are a lot of stories like this of, mm. of, of this depression and death numbers. So it was it was uh, it was um, heart related, but but yeah, um, cardiac. But yeah, it was. It's really tough on my on my grandma because they would talk every single day and he he would go and bring her things and mm. and 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 it's it's strange to say but it's been at least visibly for us the grandchildren the children it seems like it's been even more difficult than the already difficult part of of the husband passing away um because it's it's just so much joy so much joy of having having that kid just giving you happiness with jokes with yeah. with good times with bringing um sweet bread in the mornings with having these phone calls just having that bond that connection not being there that this big piece of your life that's missing and it's yeah. never going to come back no matter how many times you look at the photo of yeah. the person it's not going to change the fact that it's happened because mm -hmm. the only things that we know are that we're going to die and that things are constantly changing yeah. but we try because it feels bad not to sometimes we try to think yeah, no, I want things to just go back to being the same. I want things to go back to before the pandemic. It's, these things are not going to happen. We have to adapt to these super strange circumstances because there'll always be strange circumstances or new circumstances. And that is difficult to, I mean, it can be good in theory, but it's difficult in practice for people when a close one pass away. Yeah. But perhaps hearing other people's perspectives and maybe even other cultures' perspectives can, can help. I love that you mentioned that, James, because I felt I felt when you said that, uh, wow, what an impact your perspective might have on uh, the older viewers in here, because there are a lot of people in this group that have got grandkids 
they talk about their grandkids all the time and how it's the light of their lives, you know, to to have the grandkids and to look after them. And um, I'm also thinking of one in particular, um, Terry, you know, she's been in my interview series here before as well and has shared very openly about losing her son who left behind three grandkids for her. And I think uh, Terry's doing an amazing job. You know, she's, she's really, she's done so amazing in her healing journey. I always am so blown away by the work that she's done. Yet for all the grandparents out there to hear your words, you know, how you perceived your grandmother as such a sad person, knowing that she was full of joy. I really hope that that triggers something for you watching this right now, that it is your choice right now, right now for the next however many years you've got left on this planet to be a happy grandparent for those beautiful grandkids of yours that you constantly talk about, you know, you could be, their light of their lives and it is your choice every single day they would be such a beautiful reason to do that and imagine what an impact you would have on their lives and how much you could change their life when in 10 20 30 years from now they'll be sitting in a random interview like change us with me now and talk about what a beautiful impact their grandparents had in their lives with their positivity and their happiness just picture that I just needed to share that because that came up for me while you were talking where I thought well you know what one decision that you can make every single day no matter what happened the last 10 20 30 years no matter how you lived your life you can always change it every single day and that's what Rob always said to me you know you've got a decision to make every single day what you focus on the positive or the negative and I knew instantly where my focus had to be, where I wanted my focus to be, not I have to. This is another thing with, with the choice, you know, like the same thing with the time myth that time heals all the wounds. It doesn't. It's your decision. And the same thing is with the choice where people think, um, and I hear that often as well, it's such a common phrase in those grief groups. Well, I had no choice. I had to get up in the morning. I had to be there for the kids. Well, no, you didn't have to. It's a choice you made, but you're not giving yourself credit for it. You could have stayed in bed. You could have gone completely down mental health track. Not that I'm suggesting that, but I'm saying there was a choice there that you might have not made on a conscious basis. But I believe this is where healing starts. When we acknowledge that we actually did make a choice to make it out of bed every morning, to make breakfast, lunch and dinner for them, to be there for the kids even if you might have not been the happiest and brightest version that you wish you could have been for your kids, but you did get up and you were there. And I think we really need to give ourselves credit for those things, for what we actually do and not slip back into victim role. Well, I had no choice. You did have a choice. And I really want to highlight that because people often don't understand that. They fall into this, well, I have to. No. You chose to every morning, even if it was not on a conscious basis. So I really like that idea. Mm. I, I agree with that too. Yeah. Well, where to um, from here? Yeah, I know, I know, right? It's um, had a really nice flow. Um, it's, I, I just, I, I wanted to offer my, like, like an opinion on, on, on this thing that's come up a few times about the just allowing time to heal things because 
yeah, time has a lot of properties, but not necessarily just healing things yeah. personally, emotionally on its own. Yeah. It's our choice. And, and, and I, would, I just keep thinking, like, if, if a person is just in that mindset, it's just going to wake up every single day thinking, is today the day that I stop worrying? Is today the day that I feel better? Is today the day that I don't feel sad anymore? And, and this aspiration towards this day of, of joy may never come when, when the work hasn't been done. And the work can be something as simple as I'm ready to accept what is right but um i mean something as simple can be again really difficult can, can take time um the, the other thing that i wanted to say i guess before we finish is that i remember this this thing about the ancient traditions of of the aztecs and the toltecs and other nahuatl uh in the indigenous peoples from from the mexico south and central area mm-hmm. and that's um so so they would they would actually, um, p- part of the reason why there were skeletons in skulls was certainly to, for remembrance mm-hmm. that, that we're all going to die, right? That, that that's just a given. And, and therefore, we shouldn't be sad, but happy uh, that, we, that we're still alive. And, and by being happy for the people that have passed away, we can also be, think, think of their happy moments and therefore create more happy moments in, in our daily lives. But what reminded me, this of was the that as the as the years went by and the decades went by um so different different people within these indigenous cultures and then the mexican culture were doing this tradition which is the calaveritas which now is just uh the little skulls dressed in this in this fancy sort of like french styled um, suits and dresses but mm-hmm. but originally the calaverita which which stands for little little skeleton that's what, that's what it means but these calaveritas were were these epitaph these funny epitaphs that were ostensibly or the, it was pretend to be written by by the dead making fun of the living right so now it's just literally the the literal like skulls sometimes they're made of sugar mm-hmm. but but back then they were actually yeah so there were these epitaphs they were published in newspapers and other uh, text media but yeah it was it was supposed to be just making fun of, of the living it was it was just jokes uh mm-hmm. you know like look look at these humans going to work every day don't they see that it's that <laughs> that life is better when you chill yeah. stuff like that maybe not with the modern lingo but you know what i mean like it was it was not about sadness both ways not them us to them living to the spirit world it was the spirit world uh the, to the to the living and and I think this is important to recognize as well because so much of of grief carries sadness with it. Of course, the part is missing, and we're sad that it's missing. Mm-hmm. But but by remembering some of the joyful, happy moments and being able to to carry this this sense of humor, perhaps not necessarily of the experience itself or the connection itself, but just having a sense of humor within life um, and moving forward. And uh, when talking to your children, grandchildren, family, friends, uh, this is part of the healing process as well. I mean, it's, it can be difficult to say, okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna let things go and I'm gonna be happy from today onwards. That can be difficult, but just faking it till you make it uh, can also help 
uh, it's, it's a path by just being happy. Happiness, like the, the triggers, like Rob was an extremely humorous and fun person, you know, and so mm. often, like I remember like at the funeral and, and in particular, the eulogy that the siblings have written for Rob, people were laughing in the audience. It was so refreshing and so beautiful because I really felt it captured his essence so beautifully rather than 500 plus people sitting around crying. And yeah. I'm not saying don't cry for my husband, you know, that, that's who am I to say that? Of course, we all cried, we all grieved, it's all part of it. Yet I would say allow all of it in. There is, there is all of it there when a person passes. There is the happiness, the joy, the beautiful, funny memories, you know, the cracker of, you yeah. know, stories that you tell. Don't be shy allowing that in as well don't just stay on the everything's over my life's you know my life's over. your life is not over and that is a really amazing reminder here um james i know we talk about that at the very beginning and you kind of gave us a bit of an overview but can you please before i let you go talk us through the day of death what happens there how do people prepare for it how do they actually celebrate what happens in mexico when you do that like i'd love to get a bit of a virtual tour through that if you don't mind sure. take us of course <laughs> so let's go let's go on a ride um along the rural areas of mexico but it, because it doesn't really happen so much in the in the cities anymore now we have we, we have massive parades in the cities but in in the homes of the people it happens less and less because cities are more cosmopolitan mm -hmm. so let's say it happens much more commonly in the yeah outside of the cities um, you have pretty much every house when it's the day of the dead in in the 20, 20th and 21st century you have um, an altar mm -hmm. where you have some food some water uh, some photos maybe a bottle of tequila probably a bottle of tequila because it's supposed to welcome the dead these are the days when it used to be for a month in like july and august and now now it's it was moved with the catholics to first and second of november so this is when it happens particularly on the second of november and two days after halloween so yeah you have this altar in your home and and some towns have like big altars in the, in the public square and and it's it's, it's not about mourning, it's about celebrating, it's about welcoming back the spirits and having a party together. Mm -hmm. For those who have watched the movie Coco, which is wonderful, they, they might relate to that. Oh, <laughs> um, yeah, if you want to learn, it's actually, I mean, it, it's Pixar, so mm -hmm. it, it's, uh, it's animated. Uh, some, some parts have been, of course, you know, cartoonified literally, but, but it, it's, it, it grows, it shows very well. It was very, very well researched into the alebrijes as well, which are these fantastical, mythical, colorful <laughs> creatures that are, they're, they're, so there are these um, crafts that are created by, by artisans in, in Mexico that held back hundreds, at least hundreds, if not thousands of years. So these, these wooden um, creatures, they're painted in all these super bright colors. Um, and, and it's, they, they also come from the land of the spirit to the land of the living during this time. Um, you know, they're supposed to be like floating around as well as the, or just being there on the ground as well, along with the dead mm -hmm. who, you know, people know that they can't see them, but they feel like they can feel them. Yeah. So, so in, 
in a commemoration of these alebrijes, which are these wooden creatures, these mythical all-shaped creatures. Mm -hmm. um, so they also, they're also credited and you might see them in the altars. You might see them small or super big. I've got a couple in, at, at my parents' house. Um, so and they're, they, they're kind of like dragons, uh, like half dragon, half dog with like, you know, it, it, they're, they're like no creature, mm -hmm. but kind of a mishmash of other creatures. So these things are part of it and, and they're welcoming people and having a party, uh, having a lot of bougainvilleas. It's a flower, which in English it's called a marigold. Mm -hmm. There are these, these yellowish um, kind of like light orange colored flowers, which have this very strong, strong smell. Uh, it's a beautiful smell. Mm -hmm. and, and they're just arranged in the most gorgeous ways you have. Papel machado, it's this kind of paper. It's like these many layers of very light paper that's just, um, yeah, just layers on top of each other. And then they're cut in a very traditional way to show, yeah, the, the, the little skeletons or hearts or what have you, just all over the place. Honestly, it's a party. Yeah. And, 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 and the big celebrations that happen both in the smaller towns and, and in the big cities as well, maybe not in in many people's houses but in the big cities at the at the squares and parades in the big streets on the big streets they're they're like people join they dress up in in this sort of colonial colonial type clothes originally it was meant to make made to make fun of the rich people the rich class of mexico because it was dressed up in all these fancy ways but they're all skeletons that's the idea so so now the the concept is to dress to paint ourselves as skeletons in, in quite beautiful ways. Mm. And, and then, yeah, to dress up in these fancy ways. I think the irony now has been lost, but it's still, it's a tradition now. So, so some of the symbolic meanings get lost through time, of course, but it's still such strong elements of the tradition that are carried even now in 2021. Yeah. There, was, there was a smaller one this year in the, in the bigger cities. I imagine the smaller towns, there were some, some differences to previous years. But um, sorry, in 2020, last year. But yeah, it's it's been um, it, it it's been something that I'm grateful. It's probably my favorite my favorite aspect of Mexican culture that it's still no matter how much the Spanish when they arrived to Mexico they tried to defeat it, they destroyed temples, they they tried to convert everyone to Catholicism, and and most people indeed are Catholic. Uh, all my grandparents are are or were Catholic. Mm. Um, it's still. Yeah, it's still something that that's blended with that, with the European paganism, with the religion, Catholicism, as well as the ancient beliefs. Now we have this mishmash that still to this day, uh, this year in November, we'll have in some form in, in the towns and in the cities. And I think it's wonderful. I don't know if I'll be there for it. I, I might still be in Bali. Uh, I might have come back to Bali. You were actually there for the Day of the Dead quite a long time ago uh i would say it was about seven years ago wow yeah eight or seven years ago yeah 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 i was there with, with a friend you grew up with such a beautiful culture around you it's really and it so shines through you james you really are so beautiful and colorful and yeah. you can tell that you celebrate and embrace life with all your heart and all your spirit i just love it i love that we connected i love that we had the hour together to actually talk about that and bring that to our audience um 
as cultural awareness, it doesn't have to be your faith. I really want to um, mm. very respectfully highlight that everybody's faith is different, as I said at the beginning. Yet I really love the idea of bringing more and more cultures um, and introduce them to the concept of loving love after loss because it just so nicely goes hand in hand. So any final words you would like to share with us before we conclude? Because I just realized we're already past <laughs> and it just went way too quick. And I'm like, no. Yeah. You were worried if we would have enough content to yeah, I was like, cover an hour. About a day after death, are we going to fill the hour? And here we go. We could still talk forever. <laughs> we, we can have a part two version like yeah. six months from now or something. <laughs> um yeah no thank you so much and um, by the way you're far too kind with all your compliments um <laughs> so, so you know that i reciprocate them and i think you're wonderful and especially what you do here with this group um it's it's very special and i think it, it the bigger that it is just the, the the idea of it and of course the group itself i think the better so people can embrace love in in their lives when, when, when faced with such difficulties. Um, I mean, I say this, I'm, I guess, relatively young, so it, it kind of comes across as, yeah. you know, not really knowing what I'm talking about, and that's fair enough. But at least I wanted to give my perspective, uh, yeah. personal and cultural. You're such an old soul, and I can feel that every time I talk to you. So I, I really appreciate that you came into this group and shared your cultural background with us, because it's just, um, yeah really beautiful and i'm so grateful that you came thank you so much you're very welcome thank you so much and i wish you all the best all right this is james and marie signing off thank you so much for watching everybody if you have any questions around that any comments please feel free to comment below and you can tag james under james Hendricks. he's in our group here so if you have any questions for him or comments please tag him in it and we will get back to you. So have a beautiful day or evening, wherever you are. Um, bye for now. Thank you. Thank you for listening to our podcast. If you enjoyed the show and you would like to find out more about loving life after loss, please visit mariealessi.com. I shall see you next week. Bye.